Welcome to another episode of A Matter of Principles. This is David Morrill, Communications Director at AWSP. In this episode, our own Camrika Ari Turner interviews Silence High School Principal Bernadette Ray. Listen to learn how she leads her team, shares her big equity move, and navigates the principalship as a woman of color. I am coming to you with another podcast. I am here with Bernadette Ray. Hello. Welcome to Tacoma. Yes. <laughs> I won't say Tacoma Aroma, but you know, some may think that. Wow. We're so much more than that. We are. Yeah. We are, and it's gotten so much better. Yes. <laughs> and we're in your lovely new home. Yes. Thank you. Welcome to my new home. Thank, thank you. Thank you. In your office where I'm, you know... I know. I'm excited that there's a podcast happening in my office. The art's not on the big wall yet, but I still feel inspired. I'm still ready. Yeah, and there's a lot of beautiful art in here. So <laughs> I was looking around as we were getting ready, and so I'm very grateful that you've invited me in your space. But I consider B-Ray a friend, a sister friend, a mentor, a colleague. I mean, there's so many, I think, facets to our relationship that we've grown over the course of the years. Agree. Agree. I'm so honored to be here with you. Thank you. That's right. So we're going to get into it. Let's do it. First of all, happy Native American Heritage Month. Yes. We are definitely wanting to recognize that and wanting to call into the space. Any ancestor you feel that you need to call into the space as you listen to this podcast and also just call you in as a leader to make sure that you're not only recognizing Native American Heritage Month, through this month, but throughout all the months, all of the months, all of the months. That's right. So if you need support with that, go ahead and reach out to AWSP and we will try to make sure you have all the materials that you need. But let's get into B-Ray. Okay. Principal. Principal, Silas High School, Tacoma. Hmm. Fifth year as principal. Uh, tenth year in the building, which... Is really exciting to me. I spent 10 years as a teacher, two years working in the district offices. And so, uh, and now it's my 10th year at Wilson Silas. So 22 years in. And isn't it like a beautiful thing to be a product of the community in which you serve? That's a very different experience than some of our educators, not all. Yeah, 100%. I think that I have a specific what I feel it's a specific responsibility as a Tacoma kid. So having gone to Stanley Franklin hunt and stadium, Mm. um, it's really important to me as I work with students to try and recall what was I thinking when I was (laughs) a 10th grader? Yeah. Um, What were my brothers thinking when they were 10th graders? Mm. And um, we all had pretty different experiences. So that is Mm. part of what, Brings me to the schoolhouse with, I think, a varied lens or multiple lenses. And that's really what brought me to education was the differences in my experiences Mm -hmm. and the experiences of my brothers. And I've been public about that, you know, from the get that that's part of my why. That's my initial why. I think that's important. If we're not grounded in our why, I think it's hard for us to lead effectively and stay in sync and stay in tune to why we're leading yes um because i think it's easy to get lost especially if you're not in the right place yeah so i appreciate you sharing that and um 
sticking with your community. I find there's a lot of Tacoma folks that do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> staying in Tacoma, which I, I do appreciate that about the community. It's always been a community that I felt like was home for me um, and very inviting and welcoming to a lot of varying right intersectionalities. Well, and I want to add, too, that I think one of the important factors about Tacoma folks is that there are those who have stayed and they've been committed and they've been rooted Mm -hmm. and then there are those who have gone and come back Mm -hmm. and I just want to note that both of those experiences are really important to Tacomans and I don't think maybe for any any place any town small city Mm -hmm. mid-sized city Mm -hmm. there's value to both of those contributors in our community whether you've been here yeah or you left and you came back and have different experiences to bring. And maybe part of that is, you know, we're the military town. Yeah. So I think a lot of people go and come back or transplant. I was in a space the other night where someone said, we're all transplants anyway. And I was like, no, nah, brother, <laughs> some of us are OGs. <laughs> and, but the more I thought about it, I thought, not really. I mean, my mm-hmm. parents were transplants. Yeah. No, I'm not. So... Well, yeah. and the influx of Seattle folks coming, coming. down. And the Californians. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I heard someone say, you know, the America is a gumbo. But I like if you think of Tacoma, right, it's a little small piece of a gumbo. Yeah. Right? Um, I like that. With a lot of different flavors. A right? lot of flavors. And a lot of different seasonings. It's not over seasoned with one <laughs> One thing, which is why I like that brother brought, brother Eric brought that to the space today. So with that said, I mean, you're in a unique position, changing of a name, which we're not going to get into because my sis has podcasts that are out about that already. (laughs) So check those out. But what I really want to call into the space tonight is that you are the only woman of color at the high school level. Mm -hmm in Tacoma and that's not unique of other places as well like there are very few high school female women of color principals right and so I just want you to speak to how that comes up for you Mm -hmm. maybe specifically to -to day-to-day and because I think a lot of times we talk global and the bigger impact but what how does that show up for you I really appreciate that question especially because I am the only current, but I will say, when we're talking about high school spaces Mm -hmm. in Tacoma, I am the second ever, Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Athelda Burke, who uh, was the only other to be a high school principal in Tacoma, who's a, a woman of color. So I think that that is important to note because I do feel it daily mm. especially following a leader who people call the living legend yeah and i adore that man and i am very aware less now in year five but mm-hmm. certainly in the first few years i was very aware that i am not him yeah uh, that i was not him but there was a parent who early in my very first year said i know that People will say you have big shoes to fill, but I want you to know that you bring your own shoes. That's right. And I so appreciate that parent for saying that to me because it really grounded me in my own identity as a leader Mm -hmm. and comparing less. I still compare. Yeah. (laughs) But really focusing on, no, what what do I bring to the table? Because I bring my own pair of shoes and they're not heels. (laughs) They're ready to run. (laughs) 
on any given day. Hey, tell the people. <laughs> because I talked to a lot of women leaders and like, I have to wear heels. Okay, there's different ways you can show up in the space because a lot of us have had to run and yeah. you still run. I don't understand how mm. any high school principal wears heels. And there are women who do it and they yeah. do it well. There are people who do it and That's do it well. Right. But no, I'm in some trainers. I'm in some trainers. <laughs> Or some boots, um, mm-hmm. because I got to be ready to run for yeah. whatever reason. But yeah, I think that in making decisions, I think the biggest thing that I notice, and I think it's true of any leader, but as a woman of color, it's that I'm questioned mm. constantly. Mm-hmm. Questioned for decisions, for not making decisions, mm-hmm. for communications, the way I communicate, how I communicate, what I communicate, how often I communicate. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that's true of leaders in general. Mm-hmm. But I often wonder the differences. And if I were to disaggregate data mm-hmm. um, of, you know, how many emails I receive from parents, community members, yeah. um, superiors, mm-hmm. how does it differ? I think that's a great thing to bring into the space because in talking with leaders, we talk about the individual context that you come with into Mm -hmm. your school context, into your district context or your school community, Mm -hmm. right? And who you are and how you show up Mm -hmm. and how that impacts what you do. Yeah. And that's a very great example of who you are Mm -hmm. and how you show up and how that impacts what you do and how people call out Mm -hmm. instead of calling in to better understand why you're making leadership moves when maybe other colleagues may not have to we don't know Mm because we haven't looked at the exact data we can only go by stories that we know right anecdotal anecdotal so Mm -hmm. tell the people (laughs) of what our colleagues may experience versus what we have so I wrote in my communication last week. So every Sunday night, I send out my preview of the week. The That's P-O-T-W. Right. There you go. Uh, six o'clock on Sunday nights. Sometimes on a holiday, it'll go out at a different time. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> this week, I have a different features every week. And one of them is so what, right? And so mm-hmm. this, in the so what section of the communication, mm-hmm. it's about school things that people may not know about so so what why do we have to select a pathway for graduation Mm. right so explaining that to families so what this week's so what was why will we not do dress as your type as a spirit day again dress as your type so tiktok girl tiktok wait a minute (laughs) hold on you know i've only been out for two and a half three months but i have not heard of (laughs) that yeah so all over tiktok young people are posting these videos about dress as your type so it'll be a bunch of girls in baseball jerseys or something like that because they tend to fall for baseball players so my students my asb in particular my student government is working so hard this year to be original and unique and try to do things differently with spirit days and with programming and i'm really proud of the kids for that and sometimes they have suggestions where i think "Mm, i don't know so they suggested dress as your type two or three times. And I said, no, no, no. Mm. So finally I said, okay, let's test it. Mm. And so we did it and it was okay. There were definitely um, 
you know, a handful of young men who were not wearing a lot of clothing. Okay. okay. And yeah, those were my fears, right? That yeah. kids would over-sexualize, over-generalize, yep. mm-hmm. not be inclusive and not be sensitive right. to right. students who are non-binary or whatever. I had those thoughts and no one was too wild, okay. but we won't do it again just because I didn't think that, well, I thought it made some folks uncomfortable. And so I had a few staff members and a few students come mm-hmm. to me and ask me about it. So in the communication, I said, this is why we won't do dress as your type again. Here we go. And so I explained what I just said to you. And I love that. One of the things I said was, you know, the bottom line is it's my prerogative. Mm. Like I'm the leader of this building mm-hmm. and I decide and that's where it is. <laughs> and one of my staff members came to me and said, I really appreciated that you said that. Yeah. It's your job to make decisions about how we set the tone, what the culture is, what's mm-hmm. appropriate and what's not. Not everyone had that response, but I appreciated that the one staff member said, I'm glad you said it. it's my prerogative. Well, and I appreciate what you said because that came with student voice first uh-huh. with deep reflection throughout. Mm-hmm. And reflection after. Mm-hmm. And you were communicative about that reflection mm-hmm. openly with vulnerability and humility. And I think that's very challenging for a lot of leaders to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of leaders, I don't, from my experience, can't speak for all, feel that liberation to do so. Yeah, yeah. I was writing the communication on Saturday during Senior Saturday. Mm -hmm. So I was in the Career Center and students were filling out FAFSAs and writing personal statements Mm -hmm. and doing all the senior things. And I asked a senior to proofread. And I said, this is what I'm thinking about sending out. What do you think about this? And she said, you good. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Student voice, student feedback. Right. Just what do you think about this? Yeah. So I have a plane. I know. Is that a plane? It's a plane. Okay. That's all right. It sounds different in the in the high tech headphones. That's right. That I'm wearing in podcast land. But it's like we're just gonna let it happen. <laughs> okay. So I love all those pieces. Okay, leaders, we're hearing, you know, some nuggets from <laughs> from our stylist principal woman of color at a high school level, right? Deep reflection, student voice, student feedback, teacher feedback, community communication, honesty, humility, vulnerability. If you are familiar with the school leader paradigm, yes, I'm going to shout it out. That is the (laughs) left side of the becoming while doing as you implement systems, culture, and learning into your buildings. And so that is a good personal intelligence there that you are practicing B-Race. I appreciate you for bringing that to the space. Thank you. Okay, so I have some specific questions for my girl B-Ray. And, you know, she has a great admin team for my outer view of it and I've been I've bared witness to how that team has developed over the years I was in best framework training with <laughs> two of her leaders and watched that developed and so you know it's really important to me as a leader to have a great admin team and understand the function of what that looks like sounds like and feels like Preach. I always feel like you know as leaders we have to be collective in what we're showing to our community, our building, our students. Mm-hmm. And when we're off beat with that, yeah, 
that can create a lot of problems or misunderstandings or miscommunications about Mm -hmm. who you are as an admin team. Yeah. And so I would love to hear you share to our leaders what you feel contributes to an effective admin team. And this could be from you leading Mm -hmm. or I know you've been bared witness to a lot of leaders who you've been underneath who have exemplified great leadership teams as well. Yeah, I, th- I think first and foremost, I've been so lucky because I have always worked on teams with strong leaders who I wanted to follow mm. and I wanted to learn from. So I have been so lucky. The principals I've worked with, my director when I worked at the Central Administration Building. And so I've had models of different styles of leadership and certainly different characteristics. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing for me, I, I jotted down offbeat because we'll just stick with that metaphor. <laughs> um, my team has a rhythm. And part of the reason that we have a rhythm is because we have figured out how to complement one another. Not mm-hmm. complement with an I, but with an E. And with an eye as well. So we we speak niceties to one another. But really, how do our different roles complement one another? I'm gesturing podcast land. (laughs) I'm putting my fingers together to represent the compliment. (laughs) C-O-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T. Because um, we have really different styles. One of my people is a real introvert. But she knows how to communicate and Mm. she's not afraid to talk to families and students. She's very poised and that really helps because her poise sometimes will complement my big mama. (laughs) (laughs) And another on my team also is, I think, a secret introvert, but again, is just really good at framing the why and Mm -hmm. framing um, questions to help us to dig into decisions that we make on a day-to-day basis. And so that really helps as we're recalibrating. I've been overusing the word calibration, but my team's been really intentional about it of late. Having lost one team member who became a principal at another school area. question. We were worried about that because it impacted our rhythm. Mm -hmm. And he held a lot of responsibility and a lot of role. I mean, he did all the COVID things. He was a Mm. safety committee lead. He did so much at our building. So we were worried about our rhythm being mixed up. But because we have the prober who asks us the questions, we're able to recalibrate and figure out how do we reassign roles so that we can get our rhythm back? I love that because I believe in teams, first of all, especially when you're walking in a comprehensive high school. Um, It's a different type of rhythm you have to figure out in order to function effectively as a leadership team. Absolutely. You know, you need to know your roles Uh and you need to know when you need a sub. Yep. (laughs) If we're talking in sports analogies. Which always work because the bottom line is a lot of high school people are sports people. We really are. (laughs) Because of the teams. It is. They get larger, right? They have different functions. And I just think it's important. Like, you know, if you need to give me an assist, you need to give me an assist. But at the end of the day, we're calling the same play, right? For sure. For sure. Um, So I think that's beautiful. And we talk about, you know, some of the most effective teams when we talk about leadership. um, 
pull either from multiple of the culture systems and learning learning uh-huh. Uh-huh. or one person is more dominant in each area than the other and yeah. that what that's what helps right right the dynamics of the team to be effective i'll jump in too and say that one of the things i appreciate so much about my team is that we can check one another mm-hmm. because everyone has a growth mindset everyone mm-hmm. knows they're not perfect and they're mm-hmm. still learners and everyone's willing to take feedback and so, you know, we're still figuring out how we best receive that feedback and how we best give it, but we're willing. So if I misstep, right. I know that Allie's going to check me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to receive that. Yeah. Because we know our roles. We know how we complement one another mm-hmm. and we're, it's the same play. Well, it's a part of being a leading learner, right? If you're going to ask teachers and students to do the same thing or your right. staff, Staffalty is what we call it at AWSP Uh to do those things. You have to model those things. Um, And I love that because I know there may be some leaders out there that may not feel as comfortable Mm -hmm. when their assistant principal, you know, calls them in to like, hey, wait a minute. Like, let's look at this a little bit more, you know, with that inquiry stance, not trying to disrespect you as a leader or what I mean, we can get into word disrespect. Maybe I should use a different word, but yeah. you know, tell you about a misstep that they feel like you sure. had as a leader and how you would have received that. So I appreciate you welcoming that into the space for your leaders. Well, and I genuinely feel too that it can come from teachers. It can come from my chief mm-hmm. custodian because mm-hmm. we're trying to build a community where we're all a part of this team. We're all in the same play, and mm-hmm. so anyone. My kitchen staff should be able to say, you know, be right. I didn't like the way you came at that student. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about why. If this yeah. is if this is our goal and if this is what we're trying to get to, mm-hmm. how did that help us get there? Yes. She's dropping nuggets. I hope you all are taking <laughs> notes on this feedback that you're getting because I think that a lot of things we talk about in our organization is the things on the left side of the paradigm, which is the personal and systems intelligences are the things that get our leaders caught up in you know what we get calls for Mm -hmm. um you don't get calls for typically the culture systems and learning Mm -hmm. right that happen in your building but those personal intelligences that are hard right those biases those qualities that maybe you know you haven't leaned into to grow right because you're leaning into your strengths and not looking in at your areas of growth so i love that you have created a team dynamic that is helping you continue to grow and like you said i'm leaning with a growth mindset so that's a nugget y'all pick it up (laughs) so let's talk about this magnificent leader who (laughs) you supported through getting a principalship i mean i think that's like one of the most glorifying things i've never experienced is but this is what they say as a principal <laughs> when you have an ap you know that you have um supported through getting a principalship mm-hmm. talk to us about that journey for you and the new principal of lincoln high school yeah so shout out to carl hey carl uh, <laughs> Carl Hoseth is the new principal at Lincoln High School. Mm -hmm. One of the things that aligned so well is just the steps, too. So I taught at Lincoln High School Mm -hmm. for 10 years, and I loved it. Grant Hosford hired me, and then Pat Irwin took over for him a couple of years after that. Snaps a Pat. Snaps a Pat. Hi, Pat. (laughs) And 
Oh, it's election night. I'm sure he and um, he and the lady are figuring all that out. But yeah. anywho, so um, <laughs> Carl has a lot of experience, and he was an excellent teacher. He did ASB. He coached. He was an assistant principal in two different districts. Well, he he was in three different districts as a professional. So just that experience and knowing how different systems work, two smaller districts and one bigger. But the bottom line is that he also understands team. Mm. And what made me realize that he was really ready Mm -hmm. um, was that he had so many questions about applying. And I'm just sharing your business, Carl. Um, So he he had questions. You know, he Mm -hmm. said, do you think I'm the right fit for this role or I'm a right fit, right? Maybe there's not the right fit. But do you think I could be a fit? And he had specific questions as to why he may or may not be. Mm. And we really process through those. And in those conversations of processing, that's how I knew that he was a great fit. Because he was so thoughtful about what he knew about the community, what he didn't know about the community, Mm -hmm. what he would bring to the table, how the rest of the team members who he thought would remain would compliment one another. Mm. And he just was thoughtful and reflective and intentional. Mm -hmm. And the more we talked, the more I was like, yeah, he ready. Yeah. (laughs) He ready. I knew that my team was ready. I had actually recommended that each of them apply for other jobs. When that job came out, I mean, Lincoln's a big job. That's right. It's a big school. In fact, it's the biggest in Tacoma currently. It's a high poverty school, which in so many ways is not a deficit. Correct. It's a richness. Yes. And thank um, you for saying that. Yeah. It's being a high poverty school is not a bad thing. No. (laughs) Hear it loud, people. Hear it loud. Families, community, Roots. Roots. And then also different pots of funding, different. There is a richness in that. And he knew that. And he was Mm -hmm. asking all those questions. But in preparing, I think a lot now about all the conversations we had to get him ready for that role. And I'm not taking credit for him. I mean, there are so many experiences that he had that got him ready to lead. I feel like really all I did was those final conversations and getting him ready for interviews and in processing the am I ready yeah and maybe I should take a little more credit than that but I (laughs) don't feel like that's really appropriate I think the reason why it's important to ask that question is because when leaders are looking for that next step in their career are they going to have a supportive principal or district support system to put them in position to be prepared right so there's probably a lot of things that you did and you didn't realize you know yeah maybe if you reflect on it later but I love those conversations and I love that he was so reflective Uh because a lot of times we have leaders who just interview to interview to get an assistant principal or principal position without the thoughtfulness of, am I right for this place? And is this the right community that I need to serve in? And does this community need me? Like with the community centered in mind. So I appreciate 
that he was so thoughtful in that process um, because I think we need to shift our hiring practices in that way uh-huh. to be more thoughtful of specifically is this leader appropriate for this building in this community. Right. Well, and I'll just say explicitly too, you know, one of the questions that we talked about mm-hmm. is does this community need a leader of color? Mm. And what does that look like? Mm. And that was his question. And I was like, yeah, bro. Good <laughs> on you for asking that because, yeah. And you know, what I ended up telling him is maybe that leader's not out there. Maybe there's not a candidate right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there was or not. But right. Maybe there's not someone who's ready for that role right now. Right. And so even though you might not check certain boxes, you check all of these and mm-hmm. your intentionality is, I think, the biggest the biggest piece. I think a lot about that. When I was a teacher, I remember I was asked one time, there was one year where my students performed particularly well on a state assessment. Mm-hmm. And at the time, my principal asked me, what did you do and how do we bottle it, right? Mm. And I remember thinking, what did I do? You know, like... <laughs> I don't know. I think it was a combination. It was who the students are. It Mm -hmm. was that I had looped with those kiddos. Okay. So I had that multiple years. So I had a pretty clear idea of what their skills were. Right. But I often think about what were the specifics. And so now as a leader, I try to really take note of what those pieces are Mm -hmm. because I was able, able to help my students do well on this assessment, right? I'm able to help one of my assistants become a principal, mm-hmm. right? How do you bottle that? Or what are the pieces that I really need to consider right. um, for helping others who want to move to the next step? That's and a right. lot of it is just that inquiry. It's just those probing questions, mm-hmm. right? What's next for you? Why? What do you bring to the table? What mm-hmm. will you gain from this role? Right. But I'm still working on that. I'm still. I'll let y'all know at AWSP <laughs> when I bottle it up, and then we'll charge consultant fees together. <laughs> we'll figure that out soon. You know, you better get paid for what you provide. <laughs> okay, so as we wrap up, last question. I've been trying to, or I'm going to continue to try to ask this as my final question, and when interviewing leaders, um, so equity right i mean for us as women of color that's been our whole life right right? dei or whatever you want to call it right because it may change in five years but what would you say has been your most impactful equity leadership move and i'll give you a second to think about that and i say that specifically with keeping in mind of everything that we've been through through the pandemic um and maybe how that's hit you as a woman as a woman of color what have you what you've noticed in your children Mm -hmm. in your students in your staff I mean, I was in the pandemic as it started in Tacoma as a leader. And I think my experience was our children were so heroic Mm -hmm. um, and were the definition of leadership Mm -hmm. um, and bravery. And so I wonder, what has been your biggest, you feel, leadership move? Well, first, regarding stay at home and then hybrid learning, I want to say that... Hmm. I learned during that time. I had never had time where I did not go to work every day. Mm -hmm. And 
stay at home was my jam. <laughs> <laughs> I I know some people were lonely and anxious and felt <laughs> stranded, and I was like, this is my best life. Listen, you're not alone. I took good care of myself. Mm-hmm. I slept well. I worked out every day. I cooked. Mm. I didn't eat sugar. Mm. I used my time really, really well. And was aware that while I was thriving, mm-hmm. many of my students were not. Mm. And so I was aware of that every day. I was aware of my privilege as a person who's educated, as a person who has excellent health care, mm-hmm. as a person who has income, disposable income, and a pet. You yeah. know, I didn't have to be one of the people to go out and get a dog. So yeah. I was aware of that, and I was aware mm-hmm. of the contrast that for some of my families in my community and my students, they mm-hmm. were experiencing the same thing. And others, that was not the case at all. Right. It was the opposite of that. So all that to say, one of the leadership moves, my leadership team talked a lot about some of our students. There was all this deficit talk, right? So we already had that little deficit mm-hmm. check about high poverty schools. But my deficit check was... Okay, so we're saying there's all this learning loss from kids being home. Right. But I had kids who worked full-time. They Mm -hmm. learned a lot by working full-time. I had students who were running the household. They learned a lot by running the household. So we tried to flip that on its head and not think about the deficits. But what did our students learn during this time? And so I think our biggest equity move was... um, We were not doing a good job of auto-enrollment. Tacoma has a policy for auto-enrolling students into advanced classes Mm -hmm. based on certain criteria. And at my school, we just didn't do a good job of that. We didn't. I don't know why, historically, if we thought parents would fight it or kids would poo-poo it or whatever. Right. So, coming back last year, we didn't. But this year, second year back to full-time school. Students who had certain grades in previous classes Mm -hmm. or certain marks on tests. Tests were hard because test scores were really different coming back from pandemic. Right. So we really use grade data. If you got A's or B's in certain classes, you were then put into AP Mm -hmm. or college in the high school and you had to opt out as opposed to opting in. Right. So if you decide you don't want that level of rigor for whatever reason, that's, Mm -hmm. that's your choice, but you have to opt out of it. And I feel like that has made a big difference for our students Mm -hmm. who maybe felt like, I'm not, I've never been in an AP class. I'm not supposed to be in AP class. And, I'm not just talking students of color because our AP data mirrored the rest of the country where there was, Mm -hmm. you know, one little chocolate drop in there and that's it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's... That's it. Typical. That was my experience as a student, certainly. And so it's diversified the classes, but not just by race, by student perspective, Mm. um, by girls and boys. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of students right now who were really figuring some things out on the gender spectrum. Right. So lots of non-binary students who are now in spaces where there's more Socratic seminar, Mm -hmm. there's more discussion, there's Mm -hmm. more voice. Yeah. And not in all, that's not true in all accelerated programs, but in many it is. 
So we're still playing with that. We did have lots of students who decided, you know what, I'm going to opt out. Yeah. And many of them after two weeks of class. But they had the choice. Right. And they had a true opportunity. Right. And to me, that's what equity is about is opportunities. Is every student given an opportunity Mm -hmm. to perform at the highest level? That's right. And that means different things for different kids. But where we used to have one or two sections of AP U.S. history, now we have five. I love that. So we're we're moving and shaking. And and instruction is improving because teachers are working hard. And not every teacher wanted to do it. Yeah. We needed more <laughs> teachers to say, okay, you got to right. teach AP and you got to go to summer training to make sure you're prepared. That's right. But my staff is doing it. And how are you differentiating, right, for students who have never experienced right. that level of rigor, possibly, sure. um, before? Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. But I really appreciate that because, I mean, as a previous counselor and administrator, right, I'm thinking about, as a counselor, how I can get students into classes to get them at exposure of rigor. Right. Um, removing removing those systematic barriers that may be a part of the system in which that may have not or have but not been designed for all of our students in mind. Yeah. Actually, I want to share an example, too, because so we have uh, co-taught English for 10th grade. Okay. So that means that 10th grade students who have IEPs or mm-hmm. um, specialized education plans are in classes with typical peers and there's two teachers Mm -hmm. so one is a special education or learning specialist teacher and the other is a content area specialist Mm -hmm. okay english teacher we had a lot of kids who had a's and b's in that class Mm -hmm. so it's important to note that students with ieps can absolutely be in accelerated classes like ap programs and then the teacher and the student may have the responsibility and opportunity to talk about accommodations mm-hmm. and modifications still, yes. even in an AP or a college in the high school class. That's right. And they're doing that. I love doing that. that. I think in a lot of places, people poo-poo that. Yeah. Idea. Oh, well, I don't know if they're really capable. <laughs> yes, they are. They are. Yes, they are capable. They are. I feel so grateful for this conversation. I hope our leaders have listened and picked up those nuggets that you have dropped because there are a lot of great ones. I don't feel like this conversation is over. We're definitely going to have to come back for a part two. Part two? Yeah. (laughs) Silas. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your wisdom. Uh, and your dedication to kids and students and your school community and your community at large. I know I'm not the only one who's grateful. Thank you, listeners. I know we've taken up a lot of your time, but, you know, you could have paused and then came back. That's fine. Maybe we um, might edit. This might not be the cut. It may not, but I feel like it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, also, I'm sorry, too, just before we wrap up, yeah. I want to say that I'm really excited for you to be in your role oh, and for you. your voice to be on this podcast and having conversations with leaders. I think uh, it's perfect for you and it, and your voice is what we need. So thank, thank you. Thank you, B-Ray. Of course. It's my dream. <laughs> <laughs>
one of them so yeah thank you sis i appreciate this if y'all don't know b ray and i are a part of a women power group um we are that we definitely have leaned on each other throughout the years and i'm grateful to be pulled in or have been pulled into that group so what she says to me holds a lot of weight so she knows me through and through so thank you for allowing us to take up your time and your space and your energy we appreciate what you do thank you for leading for students thank you for leading for your communities please give yourself some grace and take care of yourself and rest as we know um, being a leader right now um, is different than maybe any other time and so we're here to support you at AWSP I am your girl Kim Ricky Turner your associate director for ESD 121 and 189 and we will be back we got closing music drop that beat drop the beat <laughs>